Praise the Lord. Before I dive into what the Lord has for us today, the word of the Lord came to me during worship, and I want to deliver it how he said it. There has been an attack on healing. And he clarified, he said, there's been an attack on your believing for healing. The devil has done his best to convince you, maybe this is just the way it's supposed to be. The devil has convinced you that, well, maybe I got it wrong. Maybe it's not his will to heal. But be encouraged today. It is his will to heal. It is by his stripes that you are healed. So be encouraged today. Don't drop your faith. Keep believing. Amen. Listen to his voice. You know, a lot of times healing comes with change. When we make adjustments, when we make changes, when we do what the Lord asks us to do, that's when things begin to change in our bodies. Amen? That could be changing your diet. That could be changing this, that, or the other. It could be one act of obedience that unlocks your healing. Amen? But it is His will to heal you. Don't let the devil convince you otherwise. Don't let some man-made doctrine convince you otherwise. Don't let some doubt, fear, or unbelief convince you otherwise. It is His will to heal you. Amen? Amen. Do I have a joyous group this morning? Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I got a couple of clappers. That's good. That'll work. <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take your sympathy claps. That's cool. That's cool. We'll get there. First Peter chapter 1, please. This morning, I, I uh, have the privilege and the honor of speaking on the joy in the Holy Ghost. Somebody say joy, joy. In, in the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. And we have so many reasons to be full of joy. Amen. We have so many reasons to be full of joy. And the Spirit of God is not bound by our situation. I want to say that to you again. The Spirit of God is not bound by our situation. Whatever is going on in your life, the Spirit of God is not moved by it. Whatever is going on in your life, the Spirit of God is not uh, going to yield its will. Amen? So if you're in a battle, if you're in a tough time, if you are uh, discouraged, I'll even call some things out. If you, if you uh, have anxiety, if you deal with depression, the Spirit of God is not bound by that. It is His will that you have joy in your life. Somebody say joy. joy. You know, inflation. Is it a real thing? Are you feeling it? Well, you know what? The joy of the Lord is not bound by inflation. You will still have joy abounding in your heart when you pay $50 to $100 more for groceries. 
Amen? Well, 10, how? It's the Spirit of God. It's the Spirit of God. And we need to have joy now more than ever. Amen? How many of you could use some joy? I could use some joy. Anytime I go to Walmart, I'm like, that used to cost me like $50. Why am I paying this now? You need some joy. <laughs> Amen. My car used to, to, to cost uh, about 20 something dollars to get filled up. Now it doesn't. <laughs> you need some joy. And if to go into this Christmas season, you know what? You should be abounding in joy because we are remembering that He came. He didn't stay in heaven and leave us in our condition. He came to die and be our payment. 1 Peter chapter 1, let's start in verse 3. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by His great mercy that we have been born again. Because God raised Jesus from the dead, now we live with great expectation. And we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. If you're following along with me, I'm in the New Living Translation. Verse 5. And though... Uh, and through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation. How many of you know he's protecting you? Yes. His hand is covering you until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. Verse six. So be truly glad. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure. Even though you must endure. Many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests the purity of gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will, bring, uh, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Verse 8, you love him even though you've never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him. You rejoice with a glorious and inexpressible joy. I like the old versions. It says, Joy unspeakable and, you know, sometimes the, the new King James has got it right. Uh, it is what joy unspeakable and full of glory. Well, let's put this back where we found it. A lot of times we just like to take these verses and have a praise fest and joy unspeakable and full of glory. And everybody shouts, amen. Uh, but what what is Peter talking about here? In the midst, amen, it's easy to have joy when everything's going right. In fact, I would even argue it's probably not joy, it's happiness. You know it's joy when things are not going right. Amen? 
Even in the midst of things going wrong, even in the midst of, 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 of people hurting you, even in the midst of, of financial whatever is going on, even when things are uh, not looking right, things are not going well, and joy rises up. Amen? You want to know how you get that joy in the midst of such pressure? The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. Somebody say, the Holy Ghost. Ghost. Let's turn to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. We're going to just kind of go through these last words of Jesus. John 14 through 17 is some of the most powerful passages of Scripture. And I'll say that about any scripture. Whatever scripture I'm, I'm teaching on that day, it is the most powerful that day that you could. But John chapter 14. And we're going to start in verse 15. 14 verse 15. If you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate. Real quick. We've got several versions in here. What, what word does your version use for advocate? Helper. What? Comforter. Does any version say counselor? Counselor. Any other version say intercessor? Yes. And what's happening here is these translators are trying to find a word to describe everything that the Holy Spirit does. And one word is not enough. Amen you got advocate, you've got comforter, you've got counselor, you've got intercessor, you've got comforter. You've got all of these things trying to describe, this is what the Holy Spirit is going to do, and we're just trying to put it into one word. <laughs> Amen? But Jesus says, He will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him. It doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now. I just lost my place. There it is. Because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Now, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you will live also. When I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Somebody say that with me. I am in the Father, you are in me, and I am in you. Those who accept and obey my commandments are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my father will love them and I will love them and I will reveal myself to them. Let's go down to verse 26. When the father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and remind you of everything that I have told you. I am leaving you with a gift Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a, is a gift that the world cannot. So do not be troubled 
or afraid. Verse, or chapter 15, verse 7. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to the Father. I have loved you even as my Father has loved me. Remain in my love. Somebody say that. Remain, Remain. in my love. my love. You know, he had to say that for a reason. Well, what a lot of Christians would think, well, we, need, we just need to remain. Well, a lot of Christians don't want to remain. <laughs> Amen? There's a lot of Christians that don't want to remain in the love of God because the love of God requires you to be obedient. Amen? He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. But what does he say? Remain in my love. Verse 10. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in His love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. Now let's go to uh, chapter 16. We're going to start in verse 5. But now I am going away to the one who sent me. And not one of you is asking where I am going. Instead, you grieve because of what I have told you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away. That is a hard pill to swallow. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do not, or if I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. The righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you see me no more. Verse 11, judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. There is so much more I want to tell you, but you cannot bear uh, you cannot bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you uh, um, whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to me is uh, all that belongs to the Father is mine. That is, uh, this is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. Now let's go to chapter 17 and verse 13. I know, hey, we're in church, right? Aren't you supposed to read your Bible in church? All right, stick with me. We're going somewhere. Chapter 17, verse 13. This is the prayer of Jesus before his betrayal. He begins by praying for his disciples. And that's where we're going to pick up in verse 13. Now I am coming to you. I told them many things while I was with them in this world so that they would be filled with my joy. I have given them your word. 
and the world hates them because they don't belong to the world just as I don't belong to the world. I am not asking that you take them out of this world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They don't belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And I give, uh, and I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so that they can be made holy by your truth. Verse 20. I'm praying not only for these disciples, but for all who will ever believe in me through their message. Raise your hand if that's you. That's me. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. Keep your finger at verse 22. We're going to come back there. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. I want to say that again. That the world will know that you sent me and that you love who? Them. Who them? As me. I'm them. You're them. That you love them as much as you love me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am. That's such a touching part of his prayer. He said, I want them to be with me. I want them to be with me. Then they can see all the glory you gave me because you loved me even before the world began. Going back to verse 22. It says, I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. Good, a good question to ask here is what is that glory? Well, Jesus lists several things that he gave them. What is it? His love, his word, his commandments. And then he gave one promise that would come. What is that is what? The Holy Spirit. He said, I have given them the glory you gave me. He's given us his word. Amen. He's given us himself as a holy sacrifice. He's given us his commandments. And my goodness, he has given us his spirit. You know, we read in in chapter 16, it says in, in verse seven, but in fact, it is better for you if I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. You know, there is only one Jesus. He is the body. Amen. He is one. Now, is he omniscient? Is he omnipresent? Yes. But his spirit can live and dwell in each and every one of us. When Jesus was here on this earth, he was one man at one place. Are you with me? Not taken away from everything that he is. 
but he was one man in one place. But when he went to the Father, he sent his spirit to live in each and every one of us. Amen? His spirit. Jesus himself, the spirit of Jesus. We call it the Holy Spirit. We call it the spirit of God. We call it all different things. But the spirit of Jesus himself lives in you and me. You have the spiritual DNA of Jesus himself living in you. It gives a whole new meaning to Galatians chapter 5 where it says, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives within me. And this life I now live, I live by faith in the one who died and gave himself for me. It is his blood that runs in your veins now. Amen. It's his DNA that runs in your veins now. Amen. Now, getting back to joy, there is a level of joy that all believers have the ability to walk in. And I say all believers, I mean any believer that has made Jesus the Lord of their life. There is a level of joy that all believers can walk in. In addition, there is a greater level of abiding in him through the Holy Spirit that unlocks a greater, a greater level of peace, joy, and power. I want to say that again. In addition, there is a greater level of abiding in him through the Holy Spirit that unlocks a greater level of peace, joy, and power. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is the key to abiding. Abiding produces the fruits of the Spirit and power. It enables you to love like Jesus. It enables you to walk in joy unspeakable and full of glory. And it gives you the peace that passes all understanding. All made available how? The baptism in the Holy Spirit. Abiding in Him and He in you. Amen. You know, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the body of Christ has a lot of things to say about it. But what I want to tell you is that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is real. It is life changing. There is a secondary event to salvation, and it is the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence or the proof by speaking in tongues. It's real. And just as the, the Lord told us this morning, there is a war on healing. There's been an attack on healing. There's been an attack on your belief. It's very apparent to see that there's been an attack on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> it's been labeled as demonic by top Christian uh, authors and pastors. The last time I checked, I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm not demonic. The last time I checked is I, I love people. I want to help people. I lead people to the Lord. And so anybody who says that this thing is demonic is mistaken. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is your key to living in everything that he bought and paid for you to live in. If you need more love in your life, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you need more peace in your life, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
If you need more joy in your life, what's the answer? Baptism of the Holy Spirit. How many of you need more patience in your life? Anybody in America needs patience. (laughs) The baptism in the Holy Spirit. How many need some self-control? Baptism in the Holy Spirit. Amen? The baptism in the Holy Spirit is the key to a lot of answers that you've been searching for. Now, I would, I would venture to say that a good chunk of this congregation has received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I venture to say that. I'm not, I won't say everybody, but I would say a good, a good portion. However, how many of you would be honest and say, I have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Now, how many of you, let's keep your hand up. Now, how many of you would be honest and say, I don't have the joy that I know I should have? How many of you would say, I know I don't have the peace? That, no, you can be honest. If you want to put your hand down, that's fine. How many of you would say, there, there's, there's a level of peace that I'm not walking in? How many of you would say there's there's a level of patience that I definitely need more of? Amen. I said honesty. If if you're if you've arrived, good for you. But the key is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And like I said, I've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I've been praying in tongues for 20 something years. I don't know. However, can we neglect that gift? Can we neglect the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Can we neglect our relationship with Jesus? Yeah. Yeah, we can. Does it mean we lose our salvation? No, it doesn't mean that. Can we neglect it? Yeah, we can neglect it. Can you neglect your responsibilities at home? Yes. (laughs) You can. But my call today and my charge today is to rekindle that fire for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Rekindle that fire. If Timothy, pastor of the biggest church in the early church, approximately 100,000 people in the city of Ephesus that Timothy was pastoring, and Paul had to poke him and say, Fan into flames. (laughs) Are you with me? If Timothy needed a reminder. (laughs) Fan into flames the gift of God that is on the inside of you. Then you and I need to fan into flames the gift of God that is on the inside of us. What is the joy of the Holy Ghost? Well, we just learned that it is his job to teach. And to remind. Somebody say, to teach. To remind. Number one, the joy of the Holy Ghost is remembering that His presence is here now. Somebody say that. His presence is here now. Right now. It's here now. Now, it's pretty easy to say that when we're in church, right? We just had a worship set. We're hearing the word of God. Of course, his presence is here. Uh, But when you walk out of this building and you're sitting in your car contemplating where you want to go to eat, 
His presence is there. Whether you recognize it or not, His presence is there. His presence is there when you lay your head down at night. His presence is there when you get up in the morning. Well, I don't feel it. It's not about feeling. It's called the fruit of the Spirit, not fruit of the emotion. Amen? It's called the fruit of the Spirit, not fruit of emotion. It's remembering that His presence is here now. So in 20 minutes, guess what? His presence is here. He is here. You go home, His presence is there. You have a, a, a disagreement with your wife, His presence is there. <laughs> uh, your toddler is running around in her underwear screaming for no reason. You don't know what she's doing. His presence is there. <laughs> Amen? Just a little glimpse. <laughs> in Psalm 16, 11, it says, in his presence is fullness of joy. And if his presence is always there, there is always the ability to walk in fullness of joy. In the midst of pressure, in the midst of an argument, in the midst of uncertainty, his presence is fullness of joy. Number two is remembering that he is in me, around me, ahead of me, behind me. It is remembering the indwelling of the Spirit of God. Not only is his presence here, but he decided to make his residence on the inside of me. Not only is God in me, he's next to me. He's above me. He's below me. He went through the door before I go through the door. He's covering my back. He is in me and around me. I can't get away from him. I can neglect it. I can forget it. Amen? That's, that's why the job of the Holy Spirit is not just to teach, but to remind. Why? Because we're pretty forgetful. <laughs> but he is in me. He is in you. Number three, it is remembering his power working in me and through me. His power, the power of God. Can anybody tell me what that Greek word is for power? Dunamis, which is where we get the word dynamite. But how many of you know that dynamite wasn't, uh, uh, wasn't created in the first century? It wasn't. The word dunamis was used to describe the power of a storm. It's kind of like a freak of nature storm, so powerful. In fact, there was a story in the book of Acts, uh, chapter 26, 27, where Paul gets caught up in this storm, and this storm is so powerful that it has a name. It was a yearly storm, kind of like how we prepare for a season of hurricanes there was a yearly storm and they named it Eurocladon. That's a pretty crazy name. Eurocladon. <laughs> it's like a megalodon or something like that. Eurocladon. And this storm was so powerful that it halted the Mediterranean for two to three months. If you went out on the Mediterranean, you were on your own. No one ventured into the Mediterranean when Eurocladon was supposed to come. But Paul did, even though he said don't. 
And the power of that storm was dunamis. It was ground shaking, earth moving. It was powerful, unstoppable. You know, even hurricanes today are not stoppable. They are dunamis. The power of God is unstoppable when we release it. The power of God is unstoppable when we allow him to work in our life. It will remove things that have been uh, that have been stubborn. It will uh, clear away things that have uh, plagued you. The power of God is a force of nature. It's remembering his power working in me and through me. Number four. It's remembering who I was. That he brought me through and brought me into a place of wholeness. It's remembering who I was. How many of you remember who you were? How many of you don't like that person? How many of you like yourself a little bit better now? <laughs> I like myself a little bit better now. Number five, it's remind, uh, remembering that I'm going to heaven. That is the joy of the Lord. I'm going to heaven. I was going to hell, but now I'm what? I'm going to heaven. Number six, I hope this ministers to some of you all. It's remembering that the cloud of witnesses is in our future, not in our past. Some of you may wonder, what do you mean by a cloud of witness? In Hebrews chapter 12, it says that we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses cheering us on. What is that cloud of witnesses? It is all the saints that have gone before us. It is all the people that have gone before us. And it tells us that they are looking and cheering. As you run your race, they are looking, they are cheering, they are celebrating every victory. Amen. But the most important thing is they're not in our past. They're in our future. Those people that have gone before you, you will see them again. And not only will you see them again, you have the, the realization of knowing right now they are cheering you on. Amen? Isn't that a powerful healing thought? Amen? And that produces joy. Number seven. I could keep going, but for time's sake. Number seven. It's remembering that help is on the way. You know, when help is on the way, it produces a sense of relief. Produces a sense of joy. In Acts chapter 8, if you would, turn with me there. I'm sorry, not Acts. Romans. Romans chapter 8. Apologize. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. Somebody say, helps, helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words that is tongues. Verse 27, and the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know 
that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. The Holy Spirit does what? Helps. I've taught this before, but I want to remind you, this word helps is a four, it's just a little four letter word, help. And to us, it's so simple. It's just, can you help me, please? Can you lend me a hand? But the Spirit of God just doesn't lend us a hand. The Spirit of God, and this word helps is actually three words in the Greek compounded together. Three words to describe the help of the Holy Spirit is soon anti-lambanomai. You don't have to write that down. I'll tell you what it means. Soon, anti, and lambanomai. Can you say soon? Can you say anti? And you can try to say lambanomai. There you go. Soon means to come together. In English, we would say to synchronize. To synchronize. To come together, or in other words, to abide in one another, just like the Holy Spirit abides in us. To abide, soon, anti, the Holy Spirit is anti, which no one would really say the Holy Spirit is anti. You would think that the Holy Spirit is pro. Uh, But anti, the Holy Spirit is anti or dangerous to whatever situation has come against you. And the word anti just means what? Against. But in the Greek, it didn't just mean against. It described a person that was dangerous to society. If a person was anti, they're dangerous. We don't, we don't associate them. We, we keep them away. We don't want them in our towns. They, are, they will cause harm. Now, you may think, well, the Holy Spirit doesn't cause harm. He's going to cause harm to the devil. (laughs) When the Holy Spirit is soon together, anti, he becomes dangerous to that situation. And lambanomai means to take from something and make it your own. Or in other words, that he takes your problem and he takes it personally. It's no longer your problem. It's his. Or in other words, soon. The Holy Spirit together gets in whatever mess that you've gotten yourself into or whatever mess has brought you in. It's not just the messes that we create. It's whatever mess that the devil tries to put in our way. Then he becomes dangerous to that situation. And the, and the devil will do everything to keep him out, keep him out, keep him out. But he's anti. He is too dangerous for that situation. He will cause destruction to whatever the devil has put in your life. And Lombano, it's no longer your problem anymore. It's his. He takes this situation very personally. He makes it his own. And he is dangerous to whatever the devil has put in your way. That is help. So when we ask the Holy Spirit for help, we're not just saying, Holy Spirit, will you give me a hand? Please. Just, just, give, me a, just give me a little bit of help. No, when we wholeheartedly say, Holy Spirit, help, we put him into action to become dangerous against the devil. And oftentimes you don't have to know how he does it or what he's going to do because you just pray in the Holy Ghost and the will of God becomes uh, 
the main, uh, the, the will of God uh, becomes the center attraction in your life and your life begins to go towards the will of God. Yes. Amen. When you begin to pray in the Holy Ghost and you say, Holy Spirit, help. Then you, your life begins to line up with the will of God. Amen. In whatever situation you found yourself in, you pray your way out. As the Holy Spirit begins to move through his dunamis power and remove things out of your life that was once there, that was once a temple that you had to just stand and look at and you thought it would never go away, it becomes removed by the power of God. The wind of God knocks it down in the name of Jesus. He is dangerous. And that's a reason to say hallelujah. Help is on the way. All we have to say is help. Help me, Holy Ghost, and just yield ourselves to the Spirit of God and pray in the Holy Spirit. The only thing I can I can figure is the devil hates tongues. Because you begin to pray that perfect will of God. Things begin to align in your life. And he will try to shame you. He'll have people. Are you a, you don't believe in that tongue stuff, do you? He'll try to shame you out of it. He'll try to shame you out of the one, one of the most powerful tools he can give you. Amen. And he's gotten so good at it. He's gotten Christians to make fun of you for it. They'll try to embarrass you. They'll try to shame you, talk you out of it. Amen. The spirit of God is powerful. It is for you and for me to use and not neglect, not to go to some other congregation that denies that power at work in our lives. Amen. The spirit of God that rests in this church. The people that come and want to have the power of God and the spirit of God. They are the most joyful believers there are. Depression and anxiety can plague other parts of the church, but not this church. Amen. Amen. I believe that the power of God will destroy anything the devil has put in your life. From depression to anxiety to whatever it may be. I hear panic attacks. If that's something that that has plagued you, your answer is the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen? I need to wrap up. How do I abide in him? How do I walk in the joy of the Holy Ghost? Some very simple things that you've heard many, many times, but I'm reminding you. Number one, make Jesus the Lord of your life. Wow. It's a startling revelation. That's new. (laughs) Number two, receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There is a secondary event. Salvation. It is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
Number three, use the language He has given you. Use it. Use it. Don't neglect it. Don't go a day without praying in the Holy Ghost. Do not go a day without praying in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost while you're in your car, going to work. That's a great time to do it. Pray in the Holy Ghost when you're in church. There's a, there's a realization. This should be pretty safe, right? <laughs> a lot of people are going to make fun of you here. Pray in the Holy Ghost under your breath when you're in a situation and you need the help of the Holy Ghost. Number four, walk in the gifts that He gives you. Walk in the gifts that He gives you. And whatever that gift may be, it could be a gift of prophecy. It could be a gift of uh, wisdom, words of wisdom, words of knowledge. It could be a gift outside of those, those things, a gift of encouragement. Walk in that. Use it. Why? Because He gave it to you for a reason. Now use it. Walk in those things. Number five, prioritize fruits over emotions. Prioritize fruits over emotions. And what it really takes is examining how you're feeling at the moment and does it line up with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. Does it line up? Is it consistent? Is frustration consistent with any of those? No. No. Can you feel frustration? Yes, you can. You can feel frustrated. It's an emotion to experience life. But I'm not going to make a decision based on my frustration. I'm going to make a decision based on the love of God, the peace of God, and the joy of God. Amen? Amen? Lastly, Yield to the Spirit instead of suppressing His leading. It could save your life. Yield to the Spirit of God instead of suppressing His leading. Oftentimes, the Holy Spirit will tell you what to do, and you second-guess yourself. You second-guess, oh, that's not, that's not the Spirit of God. Oh, that's an inconvenience. The inconvenience that's going <laughs> to uh, save you a lot of time, a lot of heartache. Yielding to the Spirit of God is not a waste of time. It will save you time. And it may save your life. It may save somebody else's life. You know, when when the Holy Spirit says, why don't you text that person? Why don't you call that person? Amen? I can't tell you how many times the Holy Spirit's had me do that for teenagers, and it saved their life. I've been a youth pastor for a long time. I've got a lot of stories. (laughs) Ones that I don't like to make public. But it could save somebody's life. It could save your life. It could lead to somebody's breakthrough. It could lead to your breakthrough. Yielding to the Spirit of God. How do you yield to the Spirit of God? When you yield on a road, what do you do? You slow down. And when you begin to hear the voice of God, you begin to sense that there's something off. Slow down. And most times... If there is something coming, what do you do? You stop. If there is something coming and you have the yield, it doesn't mean that you get to go faster. (laughs) You let that thing, what? Go by. 
and you slow down or you even stop and yield to what he has to say and you obey. I'd like everybody to close their eyes for a moment.